Welcome to the fourth edition of Energized, a podcast presented by Sir Yadkin EMC. This is Wendy Wood. I'm the manager of communications and community relations for Sir Yadkin Electric. SYEMC is a member-owned electric cooperative situated in the Yadkin Valley area of Northwest North Carolina, serving members in Surrey, Yadkin, Stokes, Wilkes, and Forsyth counties. We look forward to our time during Energized so we can share more information about the cooperative with you. Today's focus is on right-of-way, inspections, and the system inventory being done. Joining me are Kenny Mosley, right-of-way and system inspections coordinator, and Caleb Harris, GIS coordinator with our IT department. Kenny, can you tell me why clearing the right-of-way is so important and how we keep the right-of-way cleared? Um, maybe the difference in what we do with transmission versus distribution and how property owners in the area and members um, seek, can tell a difference? Sure. Wendy, first and foremost, it's important that we uh, cut the right-of-way because we are required to to meet National Electric Safety Code and RUS specs. We have to have a certain amount of clearance from the line to the tree limbs. Uh, but as our right-of-way crews come through the lines cutting, uh, we're looking to remove dead trees or trees that are leaning, dead limbs that could fall on the lines. And all of these are things that can happen, especially in high wind situations, that will cause an outage uh, in your area. And uh, so we're also looking to trim trees that are in yards uh, that uh, people want to keep the tree, but we want to trim the limbs away back from the line because those limbs can touch the power lines and short the fuse out, and then you also have an outage. And also it can cause damage to the trees. So it's all about uh, greater reliability and, of course, safety, uh, meeting all the safety codes. It gives us room to um, work. Uh, if there is an outage, we have room between the tree limbs and the lines. And, of course, we have different, you know, sections of line. We have distribution lines uh, where we trim back trees and the limbs, and then there are transmission. Now, our easement widths are different between those. Uh, on distribution line, it is 40 foot wide or 20 foot from the center of the line. On transmission, it's 100 foot. Uh, that's just because we have a, a greater uh, responsibility to keep a transmission line on but also because it is a much wider uh, platform uh, in which the transmission lines are built. Um, now this year we did something a little bit different for the first time. I know Carter Utility Tree Service typically does a lot of our trimming and everything um, and they do that from the ground, but this year we actually had a pilot program that we ran um, trimming one of our lines from a helicopter. Can you talk to us about that, how it's more efficient? Um, kind of what the idea was behind bringing the helicopter in? Sure. Uh, this year we did do a pilot project of, of trimming our transmission line with a helicopter. It was the first year that we'd ever done this. Uh, I have watched it done at other electric co-ops, and it's quite efficient. Uh, usually transmission line is run in areas that are uh, of a rougher terrain, and it's harder to get to from ground equipment. Uh, so trimming with a helicopter is, is much faster. Uh, you don't have to uh, go in many different directions to cross over fences and creeks. You just fly down one side and fly down the other uh, to trim the, the easements. And so it, uh, it 
reduces erosion because uh, if you're in there with ground equipment at those tires often tire up the soil and then it rains it can cause soil erosion and washouts so it, it, it reduces erosion but it's much safer on the workers they're not exposed to uh, all the hazards of ground work but by being, being faster uh, it's also a reduction in cost and uh, it helps us save money which in the long run is going to save money for our members so you see this is something that we're going to look at doing more often in the future? Yes, as we move forward down the road, I say we'll trim more and more transmission line with a helicopter uh, just because of efficiency and the cost savings. Uh, more than likely, it'll never move into the distribution section. Uh, there's a lot of rules and regulations about how close you can get to homes and, and, uh, and roads. And so the cost is kind of prohibitive when it comes to distribution uh, in comparison to the transmission. That's understandable. Um, so as far as ground coverage underneath the lines, I know we have a contractor that handles herbicides, spraying and that kind of thing. What type of herbicides do they use? What do they target? And what's the effects on the environment to plants and animals, waterways, that type of thing? Well, our herbicide applicators are licensed and they're registered with the Department of Agriculture and the EPA. And they do have to maintain their license. They do maintain classes that they go to to keep these licenses up to date. But our herbicides that we're actually applying, they are approved and regulated by Diener and the USDA. Uh, these herbicides are grass friendly, meaning that they're not designed to kill grasses. I'm not saying that it never happens. Occasionally it does if uh, the grass was, uh, it may be diseased to begin with. Uh, but we're targeting woody plants, and that would be stuff like, you know, pine trees, poplars, maples, trees uh, of any sort that's in the right of way, but uh, also briars and other plants that can reach up into that tall stage where it gets up into the power lines or would uh, get in the way of us trying to work on the line. Now applying herbicide is a much safer and it's a more economic way to keep the, the floor of the right of way clear. Uh, but it's also more environmentally friendly. And uh, you know, in some aspects, you know, a lot of people says, I don't understand that. So uh, when you come through with a bush hog, the bush hog is non-selective. It mows down everything there is there. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't choose between a blooming plant and a tree. It just mows down everything. And so once it's mowed down, you've removed those blooms that would be there for, you know, bees and butterflies. So when you're spraying and you're targeting just the woody species, uh, when you take those out of the equation, it opens up the floor for blooming plants. And there's a lot of plants that grow in our area, uh, such as blackberry vines, goldenrod, joe pie, and Spanish needles, that is a wonderful environment for bees and butterflies. And it also offers a food source for small mammals like uh, rabbits and squirrels and possums and birds. And so when you look down a right of way that we've maintained uh, spraying over the last three cycles, uh, we spray on a three-year cycle. So when you look at over the last nine years, you can look at some of these right of ways and they're just this, this, this wide bed of just blooming flowers. And that's what we're after because that, that offers this habitat for these animals. 
It keeps the trees out of the line. And it's, it's beneficial for all of us. And uh, so, you know, these herbicides that we're spraying, they do not contain glyphosate or what everybody would know as Roundup. Uh, that's what makes them grass-friendly. But uh, there's also concerns in, uh, in people's eyes with glyphosate, and very understandable. Uh, but it is a much safer thing for the environment because when you do it with a bush hog, You've got leaking fluids from those uh, pieces of equipment. You're putting exhaust fumes into the environment. Uh, so it's, um, it's just better on everybody in all reality. In addition to our um, right-of-way clearance with cuts, um, the Carter Utility Group, um, and I think Top Gun Applicators is the one that does our herbicide spraying. Can you share with us which other contractors our members will see out in the field working on our behalf either next to people's houses or out in our easement areas and what what their roles are? Uh, Wendy, you didn't mention cuts and top gun applicators. They're the ones that's going to take care of, of all of our right-of-way needs. In addition to those, <laughs> we also have Osmos. Osmos is outperforming pole inspections. And when you see Osmos pull up onto the property, they're going to bore a small sample hole in the pole and take a core sample out. And they're checking for middle rot of that pole. And then they're going to dig a hole around the base of the pole. They're checking for ground rot. Uh, they check the, the pole top to see if it's rotten. They're also looking for damaged or rotten cross arms and braces. And, you know, those poles is what's supporting the weight of the wire. And during storms such as ice storms or even wind storms, there's an additional weight load put on those poles. And so the poles has got to be of sound integrity to be able to, to hold that weight. And so that's what Osmos is out checking for. And then you've got Bellwether. They perform all of our meter inspections. Meter inspections have to be performed every 12 months. And uh, so they're going to come onto your property. They're going to look and inspect your meter base. They're going to open the lid. Uh, they're looking to make sure that it's connected to the wall and is secured. Uh, that there's no burnt wires inside the meter base, that there's, uh, you know, tight connections on the, on the meter. And they're going to look, you know, they're also checking for meter tampering. Uh, if anybody's been inside the base, cut the seal. Uh, they also perform meter changes for us. Uh, occasionally, Wendy, a meter will quit communicating or it quits operating altogether. And so Bellwether may come out and change those meters as well. And then you've got DRG. And uh, that's Davy Resource Group. We've uh, contracted with them to do a system inventory for us and a safety audit. And uh, they're going to go around to every pole. It doesn't matter if it's yard light pole, transformer pole. Uh, they're going to go to every pole, GPS it, get uh, all the assemblies and inventory, everything that's on that pole for us. And they're also looking for safety issues while they're there as well. So can you explain to the community who owns what when it comes to our system I, I know sometimes people get concerned when they see contractors or some of Sir Yakin's employees coming onto their property C can you explain what people what why the contractors or the employees would be there and what part they're looking at that's ours and what might be the members <coughs> property sure you know we know and realize that you know the member owns the land but we have an easement or uh, access to our facilities. And, of course, we own the wire. We own the poles. And, 
you, the member has given us access to maintain, inspect, and work on and replace those facilities. And uh, when you come up to the member's home, uh, we own up to the meter connection on an underground wire. If your wire is buried, we own the underground wire all the way to where it ties into the meter base. And we own the meter. Then the member owns the meter base and the wire that goes into the home and the downground. Now on our overhead service, we're going to own the wire to the connection at the weatherhead, uh, which is uh, the connection usually up towards the eave of the home. If you know, maybe someone's not familiar with what a weatherhead is, uh, we own to that point and the meter. The member would own the riser wire and the weatherhead and the meter base. And uh, so that's, that's what we would own versus what the member would own. But now when you're looking at our lines, the very top lines on a pole is going to belong to us. And in some instances, as you move down the pole, you're going to find attachers on those poles. They're going to be telecommunications and cable TV providers. And they actually rent that space from us uh, to be able to put those wires on to serve our members with telephone service and cable TV service. So I know DRG is in a 12 to 18 month process of doing the co-op's first full system inventory. Um, how is that going to benefit the cooperative and its members? What is, what's the purpose of the inventory? Yeah, so one of the biggest benefits of doing this is we're going to see a massive increase in efficiency for us here at the co-op. Um, we're going to have a live map of where all of our poles are, where all of our meters are, which phase each meter is on. So when it comes to outage response, we're going to be able to identify where outages are located, which phase they're on, what material we're going to need for the pole before we even step foot off the lot. So we'll see a massive increase there. Not, not, not even to mention that it's going to streamline the um, the job the jobs that come into Surrey Yakin, like from service order all the way to staking to building the job, it's all connected in one system. So the jobs here will just flow back and forth um, and sharing that information. And we'll also get an accurate count of all the assets that we have on the, the lines, which would be anything that's taxable. So it's, it's gonna make sure that we're being taxed the appropriate amount and that the counties and fire districts get their appropriate share of the taxes. Yeah, because just because we're a not-for-profit, we still have to pay taxes on all the property that we own. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Another thing, we'll be able to have an accurate count of all the attachments on our poles, which would account for any telecom or broadband company. So that that ensures that we're getting the appropriate fee from each attaching company, which benefits the members. Okay. So when the members see our, our Suryakin employees out in the field, what are some of the things that our crews might be looking for or doing if they have to come onto a member or a community member's property? Wendy, we're also required to inspect the line. Uh, every mile of line has to be inspected on a five-year cycle. And so when you see your employees out, uh, they're going to be looking for pole stubs. That would be a short pole left beside of a new pole. Uh, so maybe when we change the pole out, uh, let's say there was a telephone wire on that pole. We had to saw the top of it off and wait for the telephone company to transfer that wire over. So there's going to be a pole stub there. Uh, 
And so we're out looking for uh, pole stubs. We're out looking for bad poles, um, poles that may be uh, cracked or uh, have rot in them. Uh, so we're going to be looking for that. Uh, we're also going to be looking for those dead and leaning and encroaching trees uh, within the right away so that we can get those took care of before they cause an outage. And of course we're going to be looking uh, at the cross arms, we're going to be looking for leaky transformers, uh, we're going to look for broken loose guy wires, uh, we're also going to do pad mount inspections. They have to be, uh, those pad mount transformers have to be inspected on a, a five year cycle as well. Uh, we have to make sure that they're level. If uh, they're not, it can cause a, an outage inside of that transformer. Uh, we're going to be looking for low wires. Uh, low wires across roads is a very hazardous uh, situation where a tractor and trailer could hang the wire and break a pole and cause an outage. We're also looking for bad lightning arresters and uh, day burning yard lights. People don't realize that that yard light burning during the day, it's not supposed to burn during the day. And that causes what we consider line loss. And so we're, we're out maintaining our lines, trying to ensure reliability in our power service. But also we're looking for threats that threaten the safety to our workers and to the general public. Well, Kenny and Caleb, thank you both for joining us today. Um, for members of Sir Yakin and the community who have questions about right-of-way, um, any of our contractors out in the field or the system inventory, you can visit our website at syemc.com. We have a new series of videos on a variety of topics on the website under the communications tab, which includes the information we've been talking about today. Um, or they can reach out to Kenny Mosley at 336-356-8241. As we sign off for this edition of Energized, I hope this information was helpful and that you'll reach out to us if we can assist you with anything. Also, stay tuned for our next podcast when we will discuss Bright Ideas education grants and other educational outreach, outreach programs that we support. You can find information on Surrey Atkin EMC 24 hours a day at syemc.com. This is Wendy Wood signing off, and until next episode, remember to stay energized.